Robots Radio presents... Welcome to the Outer World Show, sharing the latest news, interesting tips, and hidden lore about the Outer World. I'm your host, Sebastian Nazaro, and today on our first official episode, I kind of want to set the scene of the game. We'll go through what we know about your character, the stranger, as well as the story and the setting of the game. And then we'll go through some of the latest news concerning the game, and some show notes as well. So let's blast off and get right into it. One question first. Are you feeling anything that can be construed as explosive cell death? No? Wonderful. Let's get started. So as we know, the game is made by Obsidian, who also made the original Fallout games as well as New Vegas. They set a lot of the lore up for the Fallout universe. So it makes sense that the Outer Worlds is going to have some similarities to that setup. Much like in Fallout, there's a diversion in the timeline from where their world differs from ours. And in the Outer Worlds, that diversion is already set up. It's from the fandom wiki, and the plot synopsis goes as such. The game is set in an alternate future that diverged in 1901, when U.S. President William McKinley is not assassinated by Leon Zalgaz, I'm sorry about that pronunciation, at the Pan-American Exposition. As a result, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, never succeeded him, allowing large business trusts to dominate society well into the future, where megacorporations have now begun colonizing and terraforming alien planets. So Teddy Roosevelt never becomes president in this world. Therefore, he never goes to the national parks. He never explores nature and sees how beautiful it is, and then never breaks up those large corporations and the large trusts, therefore letting them grow exponentially. To the point where in this future, when space travel is possible, those corporations are now taking over planets, terraforming them, and instilling their own branding onto those planets. Let me continue. Originally bound for the furthest reaches of the galaxy, a colony ships faster than light travel goes astray leaving it abandoned at the edge of colony space. This is your ship as the player character. The player character awakens on board from cryosleep, only to find that most of the passengers are still in hibernation and begins a journey to a nearby colony to investigate the true nature of the corporations. The game features several factions and a branching storyline that reacts to the player's choices. So, it sounds a lot like New vegas kind of setup. This, it makes a ton of sense why people say this is a spiritual successor to New Vegas. Um, you have a stranger, somebody who is unknown to, in this world, kind of just wakes up, comes to life, much like the courier who woke up in their grave or woke up in uh, Doc Mitchell, I think, in Good Springs, in his uh, medical facility. So this stranger is waking up, 
everybody else is still asleep and they're have to they're in charge of trying to figure out what's happening with the corporations or not there's probably branching storylines as it says so you could probably go many different ways in fact i think you can even side with the corporations and take their side and do whatever nefarious things they're doing so it a game that's going to respect your choices much like fallout and you'll have different um loyalty to different factions as they come up now we talked about going to it's a colony ship it's a ship that was going to these colonies out in the edges of space um let's learn a little bit today about those colonies um, there was a major colony made up of two planets, one failed and one not, from what I understand right now. Um, Halcyon and Monarch. Monarch was the original one that the corporations wanted to kind of terraform and turn into their like kind of paradise world, fit with all their branding and all their marketing. So it was, a, again, from the fandom.com wiki for the Outer Worlds, it was a moon orbiting the gas giant Olympus. Monarch was initially designed to be the primary planet of occupation. The board had intended to completely terraform the planet, wiping out the local fauna and flora and replacing it with plants and wildlife originating from Earth. The terraforming, however, resulted in the local wildlife being affected adversely to the plan by supersizing the species, this rendering them much more dangerous. It's here that you can kind of see where some of the messages of the game are coming through. Um, the makers of the game are kind of like hesitant to say that they're pushing certain messages, pushing certain um, political stances, but they are saying that corporations are coming in. They're trying to wipe out what's there, trying to put in their own kind of thing on Monarch and failing. The, the planet rejects it and actually becomes much more dangerous because of their actions. So this is going to be, from gameplay messages aside, um, it's, it's interesting that that kind of um, modern day message is in there. But that aside, this is going to be like the wasteland almost. This is going to be the wilds where there are small villages on the planet. But the most part is that there's wild animals around and big, what look like mantis monsters that are attacking you. And you have to go out and kind of explore these to complete missions, to help people out. It's going to be like the more wild side of it. Uh, continuing with the, with the explanation of Monarch from the site, as a result of this catastrophic failure, the board's influence on the colonists were was damaged, with several groups and individuals rebelling against the corporations operating on the planet. As the board and the majority of the companies on the planet withdrew, one company acquired the planet from the board via a legal loophole and rebranded themselves Monarch Stellar Industries. The actions of Monarch Stellar earned the ire of the board, who subsequently declared embargo on the planet in retaliation for the loss of their asset. So the board, all the companies leave. They're like, well, we screwed this one up pretty bad. <laughs> and they just left. All except for one. One who rebranded Monarch Stellar as Monarch Stellar Industries, who stayed and saw the opportunity to take over the entire planet. They essentially own the planet now. So it will be interesting to see not only the anger and kind of resentment against the corporations as a whole from the people living on Monarch still, but it's going to be 
also interesting to see where Monarch Stellar kind of fits in there. Are they seen as kind of the good guys because they stayed, or are they also seen as evil because they they rebranded themselves and they were part of this to begin with, but now they're just pretending that they're kind of the savior of the planet? There's a lot of things at play here, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they all play out and how you as the player kind of fit into those. Uh, the other part of that is that the corporations left, so but they're still around. So where do they go? Um, and that's where Halcyon comes in. So from the wiki, Halcyon is a part of the Terra 2 colony. So that's Terra 2. Sorry, time out. Terra 2 is both of the planets, Halcyon and Monarch together. This is the colony, the whole colony that the board and all the corporations are making out there. So Halcyon is part of the Terra 2 colony and actually viable at the start of the game. It is under control of the Halcyon Holding Board of Directors. That's the board. The CEOs of all the corporations in the game. It has a ton of explorable locations within it. And those are going to be the cities and the, the from glamorous, rich, rich cities that the board lives in themselves to kind of every man kind of towns where people are just trying to survive out there. All, again, a different kind of planet because it's fully populated, but you still have many factions working against each other, corporations undermining each other, the board watching everything, people trying to survive or trying to rebel against that kind of control. And you, again, the stranger, deciding which side you want to take and where how you want to play this game. So, like I said, we're just doing bite-sized pieces of info on this on this podcast. Right now, before the game's even out, I just want to hit you guys with the not the bare minimum, but like an easy-to-digest amount of lore and story so that we can slowly build it up our knowledge and be ready for the game so we're going to cut it off there with the colony terra 2 with the two planets one failed monarch which is the wilderness and one that's thriving which is halcyon obviously we're at the tip of the iceberg here guys we're not i don't want to overload everybody where let's get everything down pat and then we can move forward with some uh some of the gameplay mechanics some more about the story the characters your companions that you can bring along with you there's a lot to cover so let's take it one step at a time plus we got some news so (laughs) this past week a little bit of news came out and as a playstation 4 owner can't say that I'm really happy about it. I mean, here, let me explain it and then I'll give you my thoughts. This is from Games Radar and originally from Game Informer. So speaking during an interview with Game Informer, head of Xbox Studios Matt Booty revealed that Microsoft believes The Outer Worlds has the potential to be an enduring franchise, hinting at the possibility of an Xbox exclusive sequel. Microsoft acquired Obsidian, the studio behind the Outer Worlds, back in 2018. After being asked if Xbox has plans to make an Outer Worlds 2, and if it could be a big Microsoft exclusive going into the future, Booty said, I think that'd be the kind of game. From what we've seen of the Outer Worlds, my hope is that that's something we can build, and that it really becomes an enduring franchise, and it really starts to grow, and we can help expand that. So, the big news, Xbox exclusive possibility, not yet, again, Outer Worlds coming out October 25th of this year for both Xbox and for PlayStation 4, as well as the PC, although we'll get to that in a second. It's also going to come to the Switch at a later date, so nothing to worry about with the Outer Worlds if you don't own an Xbox. 
The trouble comes with if this is as widely popular as I believe it's going to be, as a lot of people think it's going to be, we could see an Xbox exclusive going forward. And it makes sense if you think about it. I can't blame Microsoft. PlayStation has God of War, has Uncharted, has Horizon Zero Dawn, has The Last of Us, has Spider-Man, has Bloodborne. I could keep going with the exclusives that that PlayStation has right now. And Xbox has Halo and Gears of War and Forza. I mean, they're good games. Don't get me wrong. But I switched from a 360 to a PS4 because of the exclusives on PlayStation. And it's... I'd be kind of bummed out. I'd be kind of bummed out if Outer Worlds was a Microsoft exclusive. Why? I don't understand at this point why there are exclusives at all. Just let us play video games, man. I mean, we're buying your computers. We're buying your little machines. Just let us play what we want to play. Um... Now, it is coming out for PC as well. It has already been announced that it is an Epic Store exclusive at launch. It will not be on Steam at launch. So that's another little caveat there that they're already testing it. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did go with an exclusivity for any sequel or anything in the franchise. I hope there's a sequel. I hope there's a franchise already at this point because I'm pumped up for this game. So... We'll just have to see. I mean, it's news now, but it won't be news for another couple of years. So, to wait and see on that one. That's all we got for this episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the little piece of information, the news. If you like what you're hearing, you want me to keep going with this little small show, leave a review on iTunes. That's always, I know you hear it from everybody, but that's the, really is so important to podcasters, really, especially a new one such as this show, because it gets you up into that new and noteworthy section. It gets that exposure to everybody. And I kind of just want to be excited with more people. I want people to, to be hyped and to talk about it and have these conversations of what you think the game's going to be. And then we'll get it. And then everybody's going to be talking about it. So just excited about it. So leave a review if you can. I'd really appreciate it. If you don't have iTunes, share it with a friend. Um, you, you have gaming friends, so share the show with them. I see what they think. Have the conversations with them. Let's get hyped for this game. We now have the Outer World show on Twitter, so check that one out. Or pop into the Robots Radio Discord. Um, we'll have conversations there. We'll have our own channel. Um, and let me know what you want to get out of this game. What are you hyped about? Like, let's have those conversations. Uh, last thing, uh, check out my other show, Hidden Pixels Podcast. We're telling, if you like stories, if you like small stories that kind of hidden away lore, it's a show for you. I tell a small story from different gaming series, from Zelda to Pokemon to Fallout to Hollow Knight, Stardew Valley, and just tell you the story and just share it with you. Um, whether it's a story of characters falling in love or proving their bravery or something you just like wouldn't even think was in this huge game that's in the corner of the map and just surprises you. It's a well-written story. Check it out. That's the Hidden Pixels podcast. Um, that's on everything. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We have a website, hiddenpixelspodcast.com. So check it out there as well. Um, I mentioned the Robots Radio Network, the podcast network. We're a part of it. There are so many other great shows on it. Just to pick one, Under the Shroud is amazing. Uh, the creator, Ian, has created this world of 
humans living with demons and harpies and every kind of like creature imaginable all living together um, and trying to figure out where their places are and how they interact and how to keep their secrets from the humans so nobody freaks out. It's all done in an audio drama form. And this production is just, it blows my mind. So make sure you check it. It's uh, under the shroud. It's on the Robots Radio Network. And it is amazing. So <laughs> you won't be disappointed by that. So that's it. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week for some more of The Outer World Show. This has been an episode of The Outer World Show, a part of the Robots Radio Podcast Network. All music and sounds are property of Obsidian Entertainment, and no copyright infringement is intended. Other musical credits can be found in our show notes or at our website on anchor.fm. You can find the show on any major podcast service, such as iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. introduce myself um i'm corin black a humble half demon and folks around baltimore call me the devil's runt here we go finally moving again how do you feel about methamphetamines you know devil's blood don't make you a devil Under the Shroud, fantasy, noir, and horror from Baltimore's sin-soaked streets. Find creator Ian Humphrey on Twitter at FictionalIan.